Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Yes, welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. That's your local community radio station that you're listening to. My name's Andy and I will be hanging out with you on the airwaves for the next hour. I'm coming to you this week from Wongan and Jagalingu country in central Queensland. Uh, we'll hear more about that as the show goes on. Of course, acknowledging the traditional owners, uh, wherever you're listening to this. And I came to this somewhat remote little pocket of the continent um, because this week is big celebration for the one-year anniversary of the Watanungu cultural ceremony that Wangan and Jagalingu people have been holding continuously on Adani's mine site. Um, if you are a regular Paradigm Shift listener, then you may recall this time last year, I was actually out here at Watanungu as well, and we chatted to a few of um, the crew then about what it means, and actually, going back a long way, I think in 2015, I first interviewed Wangan and Jagalingu people about their struggle against the Adani Carmichael coal mine, and so it's been a very long journey for them, and it's been an honor on the Paradigm Shift to be with them for some of the way. And so this week we're going to be talking all about what an ungu and what it means. I uh, will speak to Cody McAvoy, Misha McAvoy and Nathan Jarrett from Wangan and Jagalingu people about what it's been like to be out here on country for the last year in the face of uh, Adani's sizable mine. It builds up a bit more each day, the pile of dirt that they can see, the overburden. Um, but at the same time, they're there on the mine lease resisting and really connecting to their country and their culture. And uh, it's quite a amazing story. And it was a big celebration this week. There's been supporters from all over the country come and other Aboriginal mobs from all over the country as well come and connect and talk about you know, what it means tactically for protecting country and I guess support each other. So I did speak to uh, Marathunara woman Josie Alec about what it means to be here and you'll hear that as well. It's been great to be here this week and for us whitefellas too, you know, it's really valuable to connect and be a part of these kind of events and these kind of cultural movements. Um, we all need to connect with it and, 
and recognize the way that we are connected to the environment around us and the way that these big mining projects like Adani are so destructive to our environment, but also to us, you know, when it comes to climate change and the impacts. And also, I guess, spiritually as well, of what it means to just uh, be part of a society that is so willing to destroy everything for profit and what we lose out on when we uh, live in that society. So if you didn't manage to make it up here, never fear, tune in for the next hour and you'll hear a bit of what it's all about. Let's start off with a chat with Cody McAvoy, who's been the main spokesperson, I guess, for the last year of Watanungu. Watamuli, my name is Cody McAvoy. I'm from the Wangan and Jagalungu people in central Queensland, just off the coast of Mackay. And because we're here at Watanungu, a uh, cultural ceremony that tomorrow is celebrating a year um, of existence. Do you want to start off briefly telling us about, you know, what Watanungu is and why it started? So we started Watanungu uh, around this time last year, and it was a cultural ceremony that we set up uh, to basically um, practice our human rights and, um, you know, force force Adani to comply with our human rights so we've created a, a, a stone borer circle and there's been a fire that has been continually running for almost a year now and there's always been one Wangan and Jagalingu person inside the circle at all times and there's no foreign things inside the circle so these, these three things have been set up and have been continuously operating for over a year now and it's something that the Queensland government or the federal government or the Queensland Police have no uh, right to interject and interfere in in our cultural ceremonies. Yeah, that's one of the, I guess, significant things about it is that Adani wants you gone, but the police haven't interfered at all. Um, there's a Human Rights Act um, has been used. How much of this was planned, and how much of it's just been a the way it's worked out when you have a go? Yeah, well, originally we were just uh, we were just winging it, and uh, you know we just come up with a with an idea to just create a ceremony. We didn't think it was going to last this long. We thought the police would just come in and remove us after the first week, and so we didn't really expect that it was going to go the way it has. And so we've just uh, managed to you know. Uh, evolve as 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 time progressed and um been able to put ourselves in a in a good position with uh the queensland police where they have no intentions of interrupting our ceremony um they don't do the bidding for adani um it's basically a a conflict between us and adani as both landholders and so it's a dispute between us two and the the police or the government uh, won't get involved. Mm. And it's become something bigger than just about Adani, hasn't it? It's about being on country and, um, I suppose, asserting a sovereignty to be on country and uh, connect to it, hey? Yeah, basically, that is that is basically the main point, that we showed other tribes around the country that you can do it. You can just go and set up and reclaim your your power as... A original person from your country, from your respective country, and giving them inspiration to to stand up and 
and and basically fight back as well. So, you know, Wananungu is basically a, a lighthouse to to other mobs around the country. Uh, that you know, if we can do it, they can do it as well. There's a few other mobs here this week. Have you had much contact with other uh, Aboriginal people around this continent? You know about doing things similar. Yeah, so we've got a few few mobs here at the moment, um, especially uh, a mob from down in Yagara, the Dibbing Creek um, people. They've been there for over three years now. Their fire's still burning, and uh, they're, you know, staving off um, development of, of an area that has, um, you know, it has a massacre site. So they've been going, um, you know, just as pretty much as long on the ground that we've been going, and... Uh, you know, we give them inspiration, they give us inspiration. Um, we've had the Cubby people come here that, you know, they, they were defending Jackie Kundu. Um, we have, you know, mobs from Western Australia that are that are fighting to protect the, the Burup Peninsula, the Murujuga, um petroglyphs on the, on the stones out there. So we've all got um, things that we're fighting for and... We just come together, we all talk about it, um, we all talk about, you know, how we're going to combat this together, basically, and where do we move forward from here. Hmm. Um, now, what an Angu means, the talking, and that's another interesting side of it, is that your attempts to sort of revive weirdy language out here. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, I've revived the weirdy language, which is our, our original language from, uh, from our country, and so I've been teaching people that have come out here uh, the language, and I've I've used it as a weapon against the the Queensland police and the Queensland government. That um, being on country, I'm afforded the right to speak my language on my country and not be falsely assimilated to speak English. So it's a uh, it's another cultural aspect to us that um, the government can't interfere on because our our redevelopment of our language is our human right under Section 28 of the Human Rights Act. Mm. Um, it's been a year. It's uh, the conditions are getting better here. I was here a year ago, and it was a bit more rough than this. But um, it's still pretty rough, I guess. Um, has it been a challenge surviving the heat and the rain and things like that? Yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge, um, especially through uh, summertime. You know, we've had temperatures up to like 45, 46 degrees. And we've had some pretty torrential rains here where, you know, I've, I've had to sit in the circle where we've had like 200 mils of rain. So uh, it tests your patience and it tests uh, your strength, but it makes you, makes you stronger for it. And, you know, we're slowly building, slowly starting to, you get a little bit more uh, better infrastructure here to make living a little bit easier for, for the mob to come out. Well, it's been a year and um, amazing achievement. I think everybody's pretty uh, impressed that it's gone this long. What's the plans for the future? So the plans for the future is to basically just keep pressuring the government until we can get a conversation started. It's keep going to inspire other tribes to stand up. And hopefully this will be a catalyst for change in Queensland if not the whole continent and it's a it's a beacon of hope for for other mobs around the country so we're going to continue on to 
uh, continue the ceremony and um, you know we eventually hope to see this northern section of the mining lease turned into a, a cultural reserve for um, you know the protection of our totemic trees and animals and also the protection of our sacred site here at Watanungu now. Yeah well it's a, a big goal but you've Nobody would have thought you'd be here in a year, so we're on the way, hey? Yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, time flies fast when you're having fun, and that's the main thing, we're, we're all having fun, we're all enjoying it, this is our life, um, this is what we're supposed to do, and uh, we feel like we're fulfilling our life by doing this, not only, um, you know, for ourselves, but we're doing it for our mob, and we're doing it for our old people, plus we're doing it for everybody else in this country that relies on water, relies on having our ecosystem stay intact for their future generations, everybody in this country, to be able to survive the next, you know, three, four generations. All right, thanks, heaps good. No worries, brother, thanks for the chat. That is Cody McAvoy there. Uh, he's been spending the last year camped out on Adani's mine lease at the Watanungu cultural ceremony. We were speaking with Cody about what that's been like, the purpose of it, and why it's still there despite Adani wanting them removed from the very beginning, and they are still camped there holding out strong. Now, Cody's not the only uh, member of his family that's been spending time out there. Of course, his father, Adrian Burragaba, is a well-known Aboriginal activist and well-known in the campaign of Wangan and Jagalingu people against Adani, but also uh, many of Cody's brothers, sisters, cousins have been out there at different times, and one is Misha McAvoy, who I also spoke to in the last few days. Uh, let's have a listen to Misha. Hi, my name's Misha McAvoy. I'm a Wangan Jangalingu cultural custodian. Uh, my father is Adrian Burragabo. I'm the youngest out of the entire family. So we're here it's the one year anniversary of Watanungu and yeah, it's not quite um, the most deluxe accommodation I've ever seen, but how long have you spent up here out of that one year? Um, I come up at least once a month um, for a week or two, um, so I drive up quite often. It is quite a long drive. I drive from Brisbane, which is about 16 hours on average, um, but I spend a lot of time up here uh, to get away from the city, as well as to help Cody um, setting up things around the camp. Um, it is quite bush living, but also not, because we've got some pretty fancy like structures everywhere. We've got our own kitchen, which is cool, you know, mm. instead of just um, cooking on a fire. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we're in the bush here, but also for you as Wangan and Chagalinga, this is your country. Does it feel different? you know, camping out on your own country to it would, you know, in some other patch of bush? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, I like to get out because I've never really... I've liked camping, but it's never really been, like, something that I'm like, yeah, let's go camping. But once we've, like, come out here, even before Watanungu as well, um, when we were down at the unallocated state land and also at the footprint, it just feels different, you know. Stepping on my country barefoot and actually just taking that first breath of I'm home that feeling of like I am actually where I belong you know it feels like a, a big relief and I can kind of just 
forget about the city and all the problems that come with it and it's always really nice coming out here so I don't mind the drive because the end result is coming out here on country. Mm. Yeah, so there's sort of two parts, isn't it, for Wangan and Jagalingo of here. One is being in Adani's face and uh, being a bit of a thorn in their side, but the other is being here to connect to your country. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I loved it at the footprint. Like, I think that was that felt really homey for me. Um, but we are doing such a really great, like, um, stance here. Um, even though we're across from the mine and it's pretty sickening to look at every single time and especially when they do blasts um, and trucks going all night it's still like I can still at least block it out mentally and just really resonate with where I am like right there in the moment Um, and um, and especially like taking time and going down to uh, Dungabula it kind of just makes me forget about like you know kind of the issues that are happening right now um but yeah I try and I tell myself like you know we're doing something um that is really really important and that a lot of people should know about because um we're trying to stop this mine because we're trying to protect our lands and our waters and our animals um so even though that like that's pretty destructive and pretty upsetting like we're doing what we should be doing which is protecting country Mm. and you've connected up with a few other uh, mob from around the country who are trying to do similar things living on country and protecting it from industry what's been the importance of that um well i said to cody when we set up um watanungu is that like we need to connect with other mob because we're not the only ones having this fight you know this isn't just an anomaly you know it's happening all over the place all over this continent and it's really upsetting like because I've looked so much into all these different grassroots movements and it's quite upsetting um how many uh like how many people are in this pretty much similar position trying not trying to fight these these big corporations um to fight for their land rights you know and I just want, because we've managed to get like quite a big platform um, of followers um, and I think that it's really important for us to connect with other mob and get their word out um, so their like movements can grow and get more traction Um, because I think that it's not just about like it's us and we got to look out for ourselves but you know even though that we are different mob like Ani Josie over in um, Burup in WA, like we may be completely different people, um, you know, from different mobs, but we're still the same. We still suffer the same, um, you know, loss. And um, I, I want to be able to connect other people and be like, you know, where we fight this together and we fight as one, and we want the whole of this continent and the government and the world to know that. Mm. And. Um you said, you know, there is quite a platform. You've got a lot of followers and things like that. Is that important? Does it feel ever feel lonely being out here, sort of, I guess, a small group in pretty rough conditions? Do you ever, you know, feel like it's a bit of a struggle? Not really. I guess because, like, I grew up in the city and um, I never felt like it was my place. Like, I always felt out of place in the city. And when we've come out here... 
and basically lived out here it's I don't know really really refreshing that it's just like I can be me here I don't have to pretend to be someone else um and I can just live and actually finally like breathe properly even though there's a mine <laughs> you know with lots of dust in the air like I feel like I can actually just be me and um as much as it's super fun having 140 people here it is quite draining like at a lot of times because I've like you know I'm so used to just being in the space of just my family you know we do have some people come and go um throughout the camp which has been cool but they only stay for like little bits at a time um but it's interesting like that you're you're vegan right and like uh, I guess our idea of Aboriginal living on country, um, it, it would be a hunter-gatherer kind of idea. I, I mean, how for you do those two things sit together? Well, I think that um, because I'm, I'm not against people eating meat. Like, I'm not against it. It is within our nature. Um, it's a part of our culture. Uh, I'm against big factory farms. I'm against breeding animals specifically for consumption like that's what I'm against um I stopped eating um meat I think seven eight years ago um I was eating kangaroo still at the time but um every every other meat I stopped eating because it wasn't good for my body and I was getting stuck like stomach ulcers and I was sick all the time so I stopped eating meat and those um stomach pains went away and I realized that that food wasn't meant for us it's it's foreign food and my body just wasn't able to like process that um so i haven't eaten meat since then um and the whole dairy industry and eggs like they don't work well with me either dairy doesn't really work with most people in the world but like i am in full support of you know you like, um, you know, my family going out and hunting food because that animal got to live its life. It actually got to be in the environment and actually live its full life, you know, because we respect the animals. Um, you know, they have a purpose just as much as what we do. Um, so, um, yeah, so I've got no problems with, you know, any of the boys eating food, like eating meats. I'm definitely the kind of person that's just like, okay, well, this animal has given its life for us, you know, and it's, it's a part of my culture to, you know, consume that animal, to, you know, let that run through me again, mm. you know, because we're all part of the same, like, matter kind of thing. I guess here as well, you also see the effect of the cattle industry and the spread of weeds and stuff out here on your country as well. That's a, a thing that you're living with day to day here, especially walking around barefoot. Yeah, I mean, oh, the um, the bindies and the prickles are just a nightmare, honestly. Um, we've tried to um, move the cattle away from us because they used to just walk through like really close to us and they're quite annoying and I don't I don't like the cattle and especially like seeing them like destroy the springs as well is quite heartbreaking um I think it's amazing that pretty much all the boys here have like and Cody have basically been turned off um beef or anything like um to do with cattle which has been kind of good because it's like I've kind of been talking about that for a while, but until they saw it firsthand and like saw what it's been doing to our own country, it broke their heart and they've just w haven't wanted to 
put their money like put money into that industry do you get many bush foods out here um yeah um a lot of the bush foods um with australia is um like smaller kind of like things so you got to collect a lot of them to like really feel full <laughs> good I, if you're on a diet yeah and i think that um w- you know we weren't made to consume a lot of food at once you know just more of like a grazing type of diet um but i think we've conditioned our bodies to need to feel full but um yeah cody's been showing us some bush foods and bush medicines which have been really cool to see that like even though that this um like a lot of this land has been destroyed like there's still bush foods that are growing and i think that the cattle um play a really big part in why a lot of it has been destroyed as well well it's been a year um and an amazing effort by yourself and other wnj mob here um what's the plans for the future um i'm not sure about cody i think he'll probably just stay here and live out here he loves it i think for me um my next step is wanting to do more and get the family involved with um actually starting up programs that we can um get jobs for our mob to actually go out and protect country and be able to do backburning and um, reintroducing like dingoes and things like that. I want to be able to work with Isaac Council up here and as well as um, working with uh, some of the station owners and like I just really, I think the main goal for me is to protect country, is to really look after her because this is our mother so i want to make sure that that happens and i'm going to start pushing for that all right awesome thanks misha anything else you want to say um adani needs to go home and give us back our land thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) you are tuned into the paradigm shift on fortable z on the show so far, I have been speaking to Wongan and Jagalingu, people who have been involved at Wadanungu over the last year, and I've got one more to go. Uh, Nathan Jarrett, aka Gundaloo, who's been uh, really trying to map out the uh, sacred sites in this area, which is part of Adani's mine lease where they're camping. So let's have a listen to Nathan. Wurumuli, Nadalnari Yuri Gundaloo. Hello, my name's uh, Nathan, uh, known as Gundaloo, and I speak the Rudy language. And you've been one of the stalwarts here at Watanungu for the last year. Um, oh, do you want to tell why have you been hanging out here in the bush for the last 366 days? Well, um, we're out here on Wanganyangalunga land, on my country and my great-grandfather's country. Uh, with my family, uh, we're fighting against the Dani Mines, um, known as Bravis now. Uh, they are destroying our land, stick raking the land with, um, you know, stealing our coal and also, you know, tapping into the Galilee Basin. Um, so we are here to protect our springs, all our sacred sites and um, even our native animals and bush foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I'm interested in talking to you about specifically is um, you've been really active in kind of getting out there on this country and uh, trying to find significant cultural sites and things like that. Do you want to tell us about that? 
Yeah, well, pretty much day to day, I get up, I have a bit of breakfast and stuff, and then, um, you know, I get bit, I get my first aid kit, I get some water, and get a bit of tucker, and then I um, head out on the motorbikes or I take the highlights, and then I go for various walks, <clears throat> probably for a couple of hours, maybe even all day, and I take a GPS with me and I mark all the secret sites out here, um, just to get that evidence out here on the land, um, and yeah, just connecting with mother nature and mother that we all live on and um you know walking with my ancestors doing what they done but also you know marking all these sacred sites is um a big thing to us you know because uh you know the government and you know all these corps out there all these big corporations they think that there's nothing on this land when this land is so sacred with all these sites and um so my job out here at Watanungu is um to make sure everybody stays hydrated and um, you know, have a bit of tucker. But also I do the tour guides out here and um, show the land and show the country. So, you know, that's a big role for me and, um, you know, I love it. Mm. What kind of significant sites have you found? Well, I've come across um, napping sites where, where um, so the ancestors would have sat there for millions and millions of years and I'm um, only in the one spot with uh, their artifacts and making all their stone tools and um, chipping off flakes to make like spear heads or sharp edges for skinning wura, we call that kangaroo, um, even skinning the gundalu, but we can't do that here because that's the dreaming here, but you know skinning various of animals um, and just stone tools that we make. Um, so yeah, I've been coming across all those sorts of things out here, uh, heaps of stone axes and um yeah just you know making sure that those things are not destroyed so you know i go out there and i mark them off but you know i don't pick them up or anything so you know leave them in the same place and um you know it's just always good to go out for a walk about upon the land and you know see all these sacred sites that are still here and um yeah just passing it down to the next generations mm. and scarred trees we found many of them yeah, so, yeah, that's part of my job while I'm out here. And um, so, so far, I've probably come across almost like three to 400 scar trees out here that I've marked. And, um, yeah, they are all over this country. Hey, like, there's there's um, burial trees here. There's birthing trees. There's um, there's all sorts of, like, all sorts of types of scar trees out here. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to see these old, old growth trees still standing. And, um, you know, even for the natural habitats for all these birds and um, for the gundalu and all that to migrate up and down these down these waterlands. And, um, you know, just these scar trees alone tell, like, a big story because, you know, they all... There's either navigation scar trees, there's, you know, like I said, birthing scar trees, there's burial scar trees. And, um, you know, we make... We make heaps of things, um, like shields, swords, nulla nullas, all that stuff out of scar trees. So, yeah. Mm. And for you, I mean, what's been the effect of that for your connection to your culture, that like daily experience of going out and finding these things? Well, pretty much, you know, when I go out there and find these things, um, you know, the ancestors are telling me, you know, you're not alone and, you know, it's it's our job to to walk in the footsteps that they did and you know they didn't give it they didn't get it easy you know my ancestors 
didn't give it to the next generation easy you know they had to go out and find it for themselves and um you know in our culture um you know we are real strong in our culture and you know um just to go out there and come across these scar trees these sacred sites you know you feel the fire and the energy that's in that area and um yeah it's just really really special to be out here on country among among the ancestors and to be here with my family and um to be here with all my friends and stuff that come out as well mm. it's funny hey the the you know it's a sad thing that the Adani mines across the road and um it's you know a real threat to this country but actually it's been amazing the way that it's brought um some of you fellas together to you know really live out your culture oh yeah brother you can say that again um you know all the all my family and um you know it's been a long fight maybe 10 years maybe 15 years it's been a really really long fight for us you know we've been fighting this coal mine since we're a little since i was a little kid and um you know since growing up throughout the years you know my mum and my great-grandfather and my grandfather and all my family they've just been teaching us all by young um how to live off the land but also you know um fight against the system that's um just been rolling us since day one so um you know just to be out here on the ground out on country to be with the family and be with the friends um unhindered by the police and um you know just sharing the culture and spreading it you know because we all live here on this beautiful continent and um you know we're going to spread the culture mm. all right thanks very much Nate. hey that's a good water molly <laughs> i am a mother from this great land like every other i have big plans my country family the things I do, no way in this lifetime I could do without you. I came back home where I was born, and from this place I can't be torn. When things get hard, my family's always there. All my worries, I know that I can share. Cause the red dirt here is all the same The path we follow should have no shame So when I walk, I walk with my head high And with my spirit, I'm not afraid to try Said I'm not afraid to try I'm not afraid to try not afraid to try The red dirt here is all the same The red dirt here is all the same The red dirt here is all the same The red dirt here is all the same. You're on the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ. Uh, before that song, we were speaking with Gundalu, Nathan Jarrett, about the 
Watanungu cultural ceremony on Adani's mine lease that he's been a part of for the last year. It is celebrating its one year anniversary today. And that song just there was Josie Alec, who is a Marathunia woman from over in the uh, Pilbara region in Western Australia, a long way away from here. But she's been here um, at Watanungu this week to celebrate with the Wangana Jagalingu mob and to, I guess, talk a bit about shared struggles because over there um, on the Burrup Peninsula, the Murujuga rock art, which is a sacred historic site for Josie's people as well as a number of other Aboriginal groups in the Pilbara region, is under threat, dual threat from fertilizer plants. There is already one fertilizer plant and Another one has just been approved actually this week while Jersey's been here at Watanungu by Federal Environment Minister Tanya Plebisek, um, the Perdaman fertilizer plant. But also, there's already two uh, gas processing plants on the Burrup Peninsula, and with the proposed Scarborough gas project from Woodside, those would both be expanded. And the worry is that industrial expansion on that very sacred place threatens this incredible rock art. I have been over there to have a look at it, and it is an amazing gallery of um, petroglyphs uh, in an incredible landscape, and certainly not worth risking for the sake of building more industrial processing facilities for massive corporations there on the Burrup Peninsula. If you're a regular listener to the Paradigm Shift, you might remember a few weeks ago, actually I was over there at um, the Burrup Peninsula and we did a show uh, about um, that campaign. But I grabbed Josie this week as well and we had another little chat about what it means to connect these struggles. Okay, I'm Josie Alec and I'm a Guruma Marathunia from the Pilbara in WA. And you've come over here to Watanungu to be part of the celebrations for one year of occupation um how did you end up here oh look we've been following on facebook since they've been here and uh you know used to just shout out to all the girls <laughs> um on facebook and then uh you know sort of started messaging each other and um bang i like nearly a year later we're here <laughs> so yeah we've just kept a really good connection um with them because their struggles you know a lot like ours so yeah, yeah well um, let's talk briefly about that, the struggle of um, Murujuga rock art and things like that against extractive industries. Um, what's happening over there in the Burrup Peninsula? Oh, look, okay, so we've just, we put uh, Section 9 into uh, Tanya Plibersek's office, the Minister for Environment. Uh, just on Monday, we have heard that uh, she is has rejected that uh, Section 9. Um so, uh, you know, basically saying that the, uh, you know, the Mordrug Aboriginal Corporation is, you know, the only ones that can talk for that country. Even though she came came there uh, last Monday and she spoke to uh, Raylene Cooper and my daughter um, was out on country, she still, you know, didn't, um, you know, sort of hasn't really... Uh, got the full picture or the full story of what happens there, but I suppose... You know, this is what's happening all around Australia with corporations and land councils and, um, you know, Aboriginal corporations that are talking on behalf of the people is that they are, um, you know, getting 
the, the traditional owners are fighting um, for no more industry and uh, you know no more destruction of country are um, just getting pushed to one side. Yeah, it is similar. So the you know you've got fertilizer plant and Santos's um, Northwest Shelf gas refineries um, there and. It is harming the traditional rock art that's there um, on the Burrup Peninsula. And so there's similarities there with these extractive industries coming in and just riding roughshod over Aboriginal traditional rights. But it's also, a, you know, there's, I guess, a, the supposed validity of Indigenous land use agreements and things like that and the fight against that kind of system is a similar thing there to here, isn't it? Oh, definitely. There's, um, you know, we... You, you, you're fighting, uh, you know, you're trying to fight for your sacred sites and your cultural rights and your birth rights in a system that doesn't recognise them. So um, when we, you know, when we look at it from here, I mean, we just went to some sacred sites yesterday. These guys had taken us out and, um, you know, I just cry because talking about it because it was... Um, it was so powerful that you know you could think one day it's there and the next day it's going to be gone. This is this is water, fresh water that comes from Mother Earth. This is a spring that's been looked after by you know by ancestors for so long, and it's the same thing on our country. Is that the you know there are springs there, there are there are water systems, there are um, you know sacred sites that keep that keep that uh, country stable and um, sustainable in a way for Mother Earth, you know, for humanity, for humans, for, you know, for life to keep creating um, over and over again, like it has been for all these years. Uh, and it's not only, you know, it's not only in that place, it's it's here, it's all around the place where um, you find the mob trying to fight a system that's just, you know, it's so corrupt it's not funny. Yeah, and, and co-opts Aboriginal culture with this language of, you know, land use agreements and things like that. And so then these companies can say, oh, we've got Indigenous approval. Mm. Yeah, that's right, exactly. And um, there's Indigenous people, you know, all around the place that want to save country. And then there's um, some that are really blinded by money, I suppose, and um, trying to get what they can out of the system. And I suppose... That's a mentality that we've been brought up with, and um, you know, and, our, and that's the way that our culture is going to get lost. Is that the more people that um, that are going against what they what they their birthright is, and you know, looking after country uh, instead of you know getting on board with mining companies and industry um, to you know keep desecrating and destructing country. Um, this is you know this is a whole fight in itself. Um, so for us, we're, we're fighting for our birthrights, but we're also, um, you know, conquer and divide is what is what the um, is what the government do, you know, and industry they conquer and divide. And so, you know, these people that are at the top speaking on behalf of people who have stories and who have been locked out at the gate and blocked through native title systems and stuff like that. This is what's going on here. So we've got a big fight uh, on our hands, and um, you know, it's. I think unity is going to save the day. We're going to unite and um, basically, you know, hopefully, you know, our own mob is going to wake up and, and um, you know, go, well, actually, what I'm doing isn't right. And there's so much um, there's so much more worth in our culture than there is in any industry or money. You know, they're make, money-making schemes for our, us mob as well, I suppose. So 
when um, when we think about our culture and we think about every aspect of it, um, it is rich. It is so rich, it's not funny. Uh, and people are starting to look at us to for help, you know, for for you know fires, for for country, looking after country, and that's what it's all about. So after this week, you'll go back over west to your own country, but. Um, what does it mean for you to have been here and joined with Wongan and Chagalingu and other mob and sat down for a week? Oh, look, um, being being here uh, with the Wongan and Chagalingu mob is just incredible. They are such beautiful people. Um, they are the the kids are amazing, right down to the babies to you know the old people just um i have so much love and respect for this family here because they stand up so oh, just so strong and it really you know it is really something that we can we can all look at and and be you know as aboriginal people and say look this these guys are doing this these guys have been on country for nearly a year now tomorrow's a year so um you know and that's what we're doing i mean i can't I can't like get over. I get up and pinch myself and go. Well, I'm here, you know, and I'm staying a week with some my most deadly people, you know, the most deadly family, and um, they become like my family too. I'll never, I'll never forget them, and we'll always stay in contact because it's amazing, um, amazing time for us uh, as Aboriginal people, and um, really amazing time, um, you know, to to be somewhere really special as well. So yeah, hopefully they can come over to my country and we can go out and show them, show them out there as well. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks very much, Josie. No worries, thank you. On the paradigm shift on Four Triple Z, that is Josie Alec there talking about the connections between the Wangan and Jagalingu people struggle against the Dani and the campaign to protect sacred Aboriginal sites at Murrajuga on the Burrup Peninsula. If you want to find out more about that campaign over west, um, saveoursonglines.org is the website or save the Burrup, save our songlines on social media. And of course, Wadanungu as well, you can follow it. It is Wangan and Jagalingu Standing Our Ground is the name of the uh, social media and website. And you can come up here. You're probably too late by the time you get here to join in the celebrations for uh, one year of reoccupation that have been going on this week. But you can always drop in. Company is certainly welcomed by uh, people here. It's somewhat rough conditions at times. But it is uh, a welcoming space and a remarkable feat to have stayed here one year. I'd certainly take my hat off to the small group of skeleton crew who have kept the fire burning metaphorically and literally while hundreds of people have come and gone over the last year. We're just about out of time on the Paradigm Shift. See you next week.